This is Rob Tobias. Uh, welcome to another edition of Train of Thought. This is the first time out in the field, and I'm uh, sitting in a bookstore, a Eugene institution, you might say, called Tsunami Books. And Scott is with me. Hey, all right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Uh, I know uh, you're busy. you got a lot on your plate uh, these days. Um, Tell me about this building we're in, though. Uh, this, uh, it's been here a long time, I know, but when, when did you uh, start stewarding uh, this building and Tsunami Books? Uh, we, we took this back end over in 1998. 1995, two fellows started the bookstore. They didn't get along real well, and I bought one of them out in 1996. I was a tree planter looking for something else to do. Yeah. I, one might say an educated tree planter as they go. Right. This stage we're sitting on, which has a couple beautiful windows and a, and a painting by Isla Krieg, Isla Rose of Marilyn Monroe and her son, surprisingly. Uh, this was the office of what was a Venetian blind and wallpaper outfit. They had uh, upstairs, there was a sweatshop, five-foot ceilings that are still up there in a break room and some odd pieces of equipment. Uh-huh. And uh, it's filled with books now, as well as a f some nice paintings. And yeah, it's got a nice uh, homey feel to it. And has been my home at times. <laughs> we were just talking about it. I lived here on the stage. Today I was sweeping outside. You know, I really enjoy Trying to make a street corner in America feel like home. Yeah. Um, but besides being a bookstore, I know it's also been a performance space and a gathering space. Can you talk about sort of how it transitioned in, into becoming that? Well, yeah, that's the exciting part, really. We, when we built the back end, we had the idea of music and the arts being what we thought uh, Dave, my old partner, called it a big umbrella for the arts and the human heart. This little stage was going to be both a study spot, the place where I was going to write all my books, and then a performance mm -hmm. place. And we've had almost 4,000 activities and events involved in the cultural and community uh, arts here uh, over the course of 20 years. Wow. Um, I know, let's see, what's... I know the Poetry Slam has been maybe one of your favorites because I, I see video and I know you've participated in that. Oh, oh, yeah. I love the Poetry Slam. Gives me a lot of inspiration. Room all ages. Our record is 17 gallons of organic tea in an evening. Oh, always gosh. free. Always affordable. Delane Arts Council helps out with that. And our wonderful Maven Jor Lafleur. A great member of the community. You know, that's the thing about Eugene. There are so many one-of-a-kind people here in Eugene and in Lane County, and, and they you know, a lot of them tend to drop through here, and what a treat. And um, talk about some of the musicians. I know you've had some really talented people, but what, what sticks in your mind when you think of some of the performances that have gone down wow. here? Wow. I was here when the, during the ice storm last month. Uh, my power in my cabin was out, and I sat in front of the stage for three and a half hours with no sound and no lights and relived 
20 years of events. Uh-huh. Billy Strings and Don Julin, Eliza Gilkison, the Brotet. Uh-huh. Uh, these days, uh, there's just so too many musicians to remember. I remember the first time Tomas Mapfumo and the Blacks Unlimited played here in the 1990s. And we got in a little trouble building this back end without the proper co, uh, permits. So when you say back end, so this this storefront it, it goes onto Willamette Street, but it was just that kind of one one room when you twelve hundred feet up front, and then another three thousand, you know, twenty eight hundred in the back here, and which what, was a, a leaking warehouse. There was standing water in here. I see. Yeah, it looks like a garage door over there. Nice garage door, nineteen forty nine, cement block building, but. Uh, Built really well in the trestle foundation. Uh, the uh, the barrel roof design. The U of O architecture students every year come study it. Oh wow! Uh, but you started talking when you built this back. You got in a little trouble when you built we this. Got in a little trouble. We were building better than code, but we didn't quite have all our permits. So we had to get all our permits before we opened, and it cost us all the money we had to buy books. We were poor people. We started it with just whatever we could borrow from friends. And it was a big, empty hall. So when Tomas Mapfumo and the Blacks Unlimited came, and it's mostly voice, African voice, rhythm, imbira, a lot of percussion, they quickly realized in the sound check that this was one big instrument, this room. It was amazing. These guys with their native sense of sound understood where they were and, and gave Dave and I the greatest show we ever witnessed wow. for an hour. And there were 100 people outside the building waiting to get in, and they're hearing this music. Dave and I couldn't leave. It was just exceptional. That's kind of a big group, too, when there's a lot of people playing, or was it just a few people? Yeah, I think it was seven or eight. Oh, yeah. Seven or eight, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Amazing. And I know I was part of a group called Eugene Playback Theater. We, we loved this room. We, we did a bunch of uh, improv shows, uh, playback shows here. And it felt like a, yeah, it just, it had a, it's just a warm feeling. And, and I think that everyone felt comfortable here with that. Theater, yeah. Theater is, has been very good. Play reading specifically and somewhat experimental pieces. I think perhaps the stage, which in some respects being low, only 12 inches up, is sightline is not always the best. By the same token, intimacy seems to grow. And you do have a little, when you're on the stage, you get to see everyone. That's right. Means a lot. Um, So you, um, I mean, I have to ask you, this is kind of a... A small operation, and you're up against now, you know, all the towers and Amazons, and I mean, well, Noble, I don't know, all the all the many bookstores that have gone out of business. Uh, I don't. How have you survived in the book business for this long? Well, we we never thought of ourselves as competing with them, and certainly a street corner business that thinks they're competing with mega corporate interests is delusional Mm -hmm. we were more into carving our own niche we're big believers in quality used books we knew this end of town great some of the best readers in america at this end of town Mm -hmm. they come from all over the world to live in south eugene they come with nothing but their books sometimes it's amazing 
So we get to see the books. We have gorgeous shelves built from recycled high school and university gymnasium bleachers, <laughs> the highest quality wood the world ever milled. And uh, we knew if we built it, the books would come. And so your niche, what, what is your niche, would you say? The niche at this point, I would say, is a cultural arts and community activities center surrounded by books. Ah. We've had every coffee shop and every hip cafe that comes through town comes in here and talks about using this backspace because they know what they can do with it, and they see the space, they see the the last gravel alley in Eugene behind the building and the busiest street this side of the Willamette. Right. And they want pieces of it. It never makes sense to us. We like it to be a clean, well-lit bookstore in the morning. We like the peace and the quiet. We like having 10 tables to lay our books out on. And... And the more we have taken that viewpoint over the course, well, I've been to almost every event. Dave had been to every event the first 12 years, and I'd backed him. And then I kind of took over after he left. And you see that in many. You set them up, you tear them down, you're never sure exactly how things are going to be for each event. You want to fit the people who are there quietly and accommodatingly. And the, the heart that comes from people is it is a is it you can't put a tag on that reward yeah and as we have you know grown as a business starting small starting very small and still very small we've learned in how to make a little bit of money uh-huh so that's been good combining these the, the arts and the, hum, the human spirit and the things you can't put a dollar value on, literature, you know, the great books of the world, and yet we do bring in more money as time goes on. Books or performance, or it's the combination? Yeah, a combination. We're learning how to make the, the performing arts pay. Mm -hmm. A new idea we have going, if we get this next 10-year lease, one of the most exciting events is partnering in benefits for the cultural arts around town. We have a lot of bands. We have a lot of nonprofits who want to come here and do events. Mm -hmm. Scores have over the years. And it's also, we think it's to everybody's benefit to do these things together. Yeah. Oftentimes we will just charge a very fair, almost ridiculously fair rental considering where do you make money during an event? Well, generally it's booze or generally it's a nonprofit being funded by other entities. When you're in a for-profit and you're a bookstore, you turn the lights off for an event. Well, how do you make money? Yeah, I don't know. People aren't buying books then, but how many, how many people does it hold? How many people come in for an event? I like 60. 60 is perfect. Mm -hmm. 80 can be perfect. When Arun Gandhi was here the other night, we had about 95. Wow. The Poetry Slam, I'll say, just say the poetry, the poets are, are thin, <laughs> and they like being close together, all ages. From age 90, we have people here age 90, we have people here age 9, and we get 125, 130 people in here. Really? Oh, yeah. Shane Coy 
Sand was here the other night. He's the top performing po uh, performance poet in North America. So does that happen? Is that a monthly event? The Poetry Slam itself is a monthly event. Yes. When does when does that? That's the second Saturday of every month, October through June. Five dollars, five hours. Uh huh. And all the free tea you can drink. <laughs> um, you mentioned about a ten-year lease. I know the where you're up against some an edge of the the building actually sold recently. It did, yes, uh, which um, was a good thing. I was happy to uh, have new building owners. We had the same for 20 years, and uh, they never really gave us the opportunity to buy it. Uh, we could have put a group together. We did find some people in this end of town to buy the building when it went up for sale, and believe me, there were people from all over the world wanting to buy this little chunk, 17,000 square feet of prime commercial space on the busiest street in a booming town. Mm -hmm. But you said you were glad that it sold. I mean, why, how did the turnover help you? Well, it helped South Eugene as a bottom line. Mm -hmm. The money was going to be leaving the area, as we've seen all over this town. Big corporate interests coming in, swooping down chomping up all they can, pulling out standard piratism, now called corporate capitalism. Uh -huh. This money is going to stay in the people and the generations of South Eugene. Good people. You know, they've got a little extra money. They bought a few pieces of property here in town. They'd like to see us stay. Mm -hmm. But, they, you know, they had to pay 2015 prices for the property, which was a lot. A lot, five times what it had sold for previously. Right. And they're getting a lot of offers to rent this place. Oh. I didn't know if I wanted to continue. I, I didn't know 20 years of working for less, 75 hours a week for considerably less than minimum wage, losing all my material uh, possessions, you know, keeping this thing going and being in debt. I didn't know that I wanted to continue, but business keeps improving. And here I am, a 63-year-old guy, healthy for the most part, you know, 63-year-olds go, and I, I'm making the best living of my life. I'm like a, a beginning school teacher at 4J or something, you know, I feel all right about that. That's awesome. I'd like to keep it that, keep it going. Hey, uh, we're up against a little break here. I'll just take a break. We'll think about it a, a little bit and come back and talk more about, about the future of Tsunami and, what, and some things that are coming up uh, in the near future, too. I'm with Scott Landfield at Tsunami Books. My name's Rob Tobias. This is Train of Thought. We'll be right back. Train of Thought is produced by Maximo Productions in Eugene, Oregon. Affordable audio video recording. All right, welcome back. This is Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. I'm talking with Scott Landfield at his place of business, which is Tsunami Books here in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, Beautiful Sunday. Beautiful Sunday. We're uh, yeah, you got a few people here shopping away, and um, uh, it's a cool business. I I've always enjoyed coming in here, and uh, like you were say, just saying before, this is 
Some of the prime readers in the country live in this area. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but tell me a little bit about what's going on. I know uh, just a couple weeks ago I was here. You, uh, you had people in the community that were interested in what's going on in terms of your the new owners and the lease. And uh, I think I missed one other open house and maybe you have another one coming up soon. But uh, tell me what's going on in terms of community involvement and in trying to help you keep this space going. Yeah, it's quite an interesting process. Organic process, I would call it. I realized uh, our lease that uh, we've been here will be 22 years come June 30th. And I'm 63 healthy. But I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. Tough spot to be in. You know, I picked a business I loved. I've had two careers I loved, neither of which paid much money. You know, I was a tree planter, too, back in the day. That's huh? right. Yeah, so yeah. we have that in common. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, I know. It's, it 20 a, years I planted trees full time. You make a little bit of money, but because you're not, you don't have too many expenses out there tree planting, you're living fairly cheap while you're doing it but you can almost buy a house or get started on buying a house which i did and then i put it up to move into the book business and then immediately lost the house wow so i'm pretty much a poor person for 20 years finally starting to make a little living here but our lease is up we figured out how to pay a pretty healthy rent it's quadrupled since we started in 1995 uh -huh. and we're covering it now and doing all right otherwise, just getting by. From our standards, I'd say we're doing real well. Maybe not normal business. But the new building owners spent a lot of money buying this building, and they're getting offers they, to rent this place for a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Prime, commercial, and as they say, underutilized space which when there's 100 people here, I like to tell them that, just <laughs> make them laugh. <laughs> Doesn't seem under, underutilized to me. I think Not it, at all, but yeah. certainly undercapitalized. When Dave and I first started this thing, we paid first, last, and deposit to rent this 4,600-square-foot building, 17,000-square-foot piece of property, doesn't work that way anymore. There's a lot of paperwork involved in commercial leases, including having real property that you've got to sign over as part of it. It's pretty standard. I have no real property. Now that I'm making a living here, now that this place is built, it would be good to keep it going. The community keeps saying, keep it going. Well, I don't have the money and, and it takes all my energy to keep it going. Mm -hmm. So if we were to keep it going, I thought, let's let the community step forward and see if there's real interest mm -hmm. and, and fit, real interest, not just an attaboy, but what that real interest come from. And, I, you know, I have a lot of experience in the cooperative movement, both here and in Missouri, and I'd, I'd seen a lot of it and taken part as I could. And, have helped with some political campaigns that worked along the same lines. I thought, let's see what happens. In fact, I ran for mayor last year, and part of my game was listening to what people had to say. Sure. So we started that process here, and quite a few interesting people stepped up and started volunteering actions, and an ad hoc steering committee formed. And we decided, well, it was 15, 20 of us around the table from all walks of life, 
we decided, let's see if there's enough interest. Let's have a show of interest day. We picked a stormy, wet, wettest Wednesday in Oregon history, from my point of view. And the building was packed all day. We had we did a head count. We had almost 600 people come through. Wow! Signing this little pledge that we have that's not particularly a money pit pledge that was created by the group, and we keep editing it. And I did notice it was sort of a, a one sheet that you could sign saying you support it, but and a place where you could a potential donation, or have you created like an account that that. People can donate to? Uh, we have an account at Pacific Continental that we're not using yet because we don't know how this whole thing is going to go. And, and the pledges that people are making are just intellectual at this point, uh -huh. theoretical. I pledge a dollar or I pledge to continue to shop here if it's in business five years from now, we, using the, the dollars, we have received over $75,000 now just in using our little campaign here in money that people have said they would give us. And we're broadening that structure to where we can even open up for a certain kind of creative, uncollateralized loan. We're starting to feel enough confidence in the future here at 2585 Willamette that we can broaden it. We've got a, one of the best law firms in the area, uh, mediation and business, their specialties, working uh, gratis, pro bono, they called it. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask, but they, you know, that's what they said. That's wonderful. They gave something. When we had Arun Gandhi here, someone pledged a, a giant chocolate raspberry crepe for the whole crowd <laughs> and brought it in on a pie pan, and you better believe Gandhi loved that <laughs> crepe. Um, so you sound hopeful. I mean, I, all this community and 600 people and people signing pledges and the law firm stepping up, it's a little bit of wind at your sails. A little bit. Uh, but how's it looking and and what do you what do you what's the next step for people listening right now the next step is stay tuned look at our facebook get on our email list drop by the store talk with me and the staff everybody knows what's going on we can all talk a little bit about it we i had told the building owners that I would have a proposal that I, that I did want to stay. Once I realized the building was not going to be torn down, I clearly saw an opportunity to remain. Mm -hmm. And I told them that it was, I wanted to stay and I would have a proposal by March 31st. Well, I talked with uh, the building owners Friday the whatever that was the 18th to let them know that i won't have it by the 31st i see that uh, it's going at its own pace uh -huh. this is not a first tuesday in november kind of ultimate election that's going to determine the rest of our lives it's an amazing community process that many many people are stepping up to help with and I'm allowing them. You know, of course, you've got to get permission of the building owners. I'm not the only owner here, but I am, 
I am the general manager and the president of this little neighborhood corporation. It is a neighborhood shareholder corporation. Oh, what the name of the corporation? It's called Tsunami Books, Inc. It was created 12 years ago, bringing in some neighborhood money to keep it open at that point, and it, it's worked for 12 years, and those people are still shareholders. Our, our newest process, the thing about commercial law or commercial uh, business these days, you've got to pretty much pre-fund the rent one way or another. But when when some of you've got to put a piece of property down, you've got to put cash down. When you're making when you're renting a major piece of commercial property. So when you say pre-fund, you have to have some money in account that will cover the lease for at least a year or two or something like year that. Year or two or in initial discussions here, you know, the talk was more like perhaps four years. Oh, wow. Which is a lot. Uh, considering our rent is doubling, and, uh, you know, I think that doubling is not asking too much. I think it's a cost of doing business. I'm sure there are giant corporate interests that are willing to pay double that. I'm certain mm-hmm. that there are corporate interests around the world that are willing to pay a lot more for this property. But one of the beautiful things about Eugene is that we value community over corporate interests. Yes, and I think uh, the building owners have been very receptive, and I'm enjoying talking. It's a wonderful, honest relationship, you know, from it's... It's a little more seamless. It's not an us or them situation, but there, you know, there's exigencies, as they say in business law. Our intention in this little process is to prefund a minimum three years and preferably four years of rent, which could run three to four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So we are a little shy of that. By well. I'm gonna. We're gonna air this um, recording in the next week and maybe beyond. But I know even next weekend you have something. If somebody heard this and they want to come in, show support or make a pledge. Um, Saturday. What's, what's going yeah. on? Do you mind? All you say day the day. Saturday. Saturday, March 25th. Is that? Is, is that I think. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. 20, 25th, 26th. Some, next com- Saturday. It's not yet Saturday market downtown. Right. Well, so they. Yeah. So from like. 12 to... Well, all day. All day will be a show of Tsunami Day, show of support for Tsunami Day from 10 till 7. Uh It'll be very modest as far as activities. We're going to have another steering committee meeting Monday. We're kind of an instant, what do we do next, corporate um, committee. And we'll come up with two or three events. I think we potentially have a chamber concert, a renowned opera singer may do a little... I've heard uh, two or three folk singers have talked about wanting to be here. It, it'll be modest, but more important, we want, to, we want people to come in and fill out pledge forms. You can do it if you're six years old. It has nothing to do with money. Pledge to come shop. It's a civics project. It's a community project. We are going to have donation buckets out all day, and it's, this is going to be a benefit for the Songs at Tsunami Chamber Concert Series, which has started, this will be the fourth in a series. We have a wonderful new grand piano here. We're getting pianists from all over the, the, the West. 
world-class pianists coming in here uh, the fourth Saturday of, of each month at five o'clock. And then we're getting opera singers. Wow. It's, and it's been amazing. I never thought I'd I didn't know what opera was. I couldn't afford it, and I didn't want to afford it. And these people's idea is, let's bring it to the people. Let's get it into small venues. Let's get it a little more calm and the, this quality and discipline that, and, the, and intellectualism even that comes with I know with you, ta- song. you were talking about the acoustics of this place. One thing I know about opera singers, they don't, they don't need microphones a lot of times. Oh, my they, God. They know how to project. Oh, they will not allow a mic here. <laughs> and, but so... Next Saturday at five o'clock, at five o'clock, this whole day will culminate with the fourth Saturday Chamber Concert Series. Two two wonderful young women from uh, Seattle are going to be down here, graduates, uh, master's degrees, and PhDs in music from the U of O. Former Laura Waite, who is a wonderful member of the community, and just as a matter of fact, an opera has been written for Laura, which will be it's called Woman Assault which will be the Eugene Opera this summer, and it was basically written, inspired by her, awesome. if not written about her. She is the host of this new series. She's very excited about it, a wonderful person to get to know. She's bringing many different kinds of people here. Well, we're almost out of time, but I am going to do one little promotion of my own event here because I'm, yes. ex- I'm excited about doing that April 13th I'm doing what I'm calling dreams freedom and songs of the moment because yeah. uh, it's during Passover season which is the Passover story is, deals with with freedom and religious freedom which is in the news today you might say uh, so I'm excited coming down here with a couple friends of mine uh, Chris and Kathy uh, twins who sing wonderful harmony oh my and, goodness. and guitar yeah. player uh, Ralph Slim Novak and um, yeah, so it's I haven't played here for a while, but it's such a wonderful, warm feeling and, and hoping that uh, it, it will still that event will help focus um, the need for this continuing continuation of what time. Tsunami. What time is that? Uh, I think well, I'm calling doors open at seven. So doors we'll, open we'll, at we'll, seven. We'll do probably seven fifteen, seven thirty start. Go till ten, ten thirty. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah. And uh, Park Street Cafe. I did talk oh, to Sherry. She's going to nice. bring some refreshments and light snacks uh, for purchase. Yep, uh, she always does a great job. Yeah, oh Park Street Cafe. We love having her come in here and help. Catering is a is a is an active job here at the store. We 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 enjoy that. Yeah, that's going to be wonderful. Community spirited event. Exactly. The community will run deep that night. I believe so. So thanks for spending a little bit of time. Uh, anything else to sum up the, the spirit of this place right now and, and uh, your hopes for the future on it? Let's have 10 good years ahead of us here in Eugene, all of us. Amen. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Tsunami Books. Uh, my name is Rob Tobias. This is Maximo, Pro- uh, well, not Maximo Productions. Well, you might call it that. But for today, we're sitting here in Tsunami Books, an awesome Eugene Community uh, Institution. So thanks for listening. And go out and support Scott and Tsunami Books on Willamette Street, 2485. Train of Thought is produced by Maximo Productions in Eugene, Oregon. Affordable audio-video recording.